This is episode 71 of the Reading Cove Book Club's podcast. We're always looking for great new members, so if you're a book lover who may be interested in joining an online book club, please visit our website at thereadingcove.com to learn more about the group. For October 2016, we're discussing I Let You Go by Claire McIntosh. So hi, I'm Millennia in Florida. And I'm Roberta from Georgia. And Roberta and I are two members of the Reading Cove Book Club, and we're here to chat about I Let You Go by Claire McIntosh, which is our 191st pick, and it was chosen by Cove member Lynette, who lives in Georgia. So let's dive right in. We're starting our discussion with the rest of the group online today. I think some people have enjoyed it from the people that we've heard from so far. Allie was saying she liked it. Well, I was sort of in the, the middle. Okay. I wasn't crazy about it, but I liked it better than some other things that I've read recently. I think it was a debut novel, so you have to give the author that. But at, at the same time, I just felt like it didn't flow well. It, the premise, the idea behind it was was good. And yeah, there were a lot of twists and turns, which always you know, are interesting in a book. But it just felt a little bit choppy. And Okay, let's talk about that because the premise is that this little boy this five-year-old is run over by a car in the in the opening i felt pulled in by that because of course you want to know what happened and where is this story going why i felt it was kind of gimmicky it was a huge miss for me i felt manipulated the twist that happens when you're reading along and you think that jenna is the mother of the little boy who got hit right Right. Spoiler alert for anybody. If, you, if you're listening to this podcast, you should have Quit. read the book. So <laughs> we're warning you. But yeah, so you find out not too far into the book that Jenna is not the mother of the child that was hit, that she was actually in the car. And so when that twist happened, I was like, oh, my God, I actually went back and read the whole prologue again and read the opening again because I was like, oh, my God. So we haven't been with the, the little boy's mom all this time. <laughs> <laughs> that was kind of a little freaky right there, yeah. Yeah, because clearly the author wanted you to think you had been. And that's when I called foul. It's like a ventriloquist act where you can see the ventriloquist lips moving. Because how come Jenna just so happens to have had a child as well so that all of her thoughts would mirror what the mother's thoughts would have been? It yeah. was like a too much of a reader trick. It was like so convenient that Jenna had also lost a son. So we're in her head all this time, all this time and her thoughts would perfectly align with what Jacob's mother's thoughts would have been after the accident. Right. And the other thing that made me call foul and just pushed me out of the story, I wasn't buying the storyline anymore. Like you were saying, it felt choppy. The thing that would be most dominant in this person's mind and point of view, she just conveniently hides it from the reader. Yes. Until later. So the thing she would be thinking about the most, having been sitting in the passenger seat with her husband when he runs down this five-year-old kid, she just so happens to not be thinking that while, no. <laughs> while you're in her head. <laughs> right. 
yes, to start after you realize she was in the car, then you think she was the one that hit the child. Like maybe she had been distracted or drinking or right. Like when they arrest her, when the cops show up and arrest her, too manipulative, and I didn't buy it. It was I I wanted it to be more clever than that. Right, and as we said, this was early in the game, so you never know. Some people write their masterpiece the first time out, and others really grow. And it works for some people. I mean, some people don't need things to make sense. You know, they (laughs) this did get good reviews on on uh, the reviews I read. It is a popular book, but for me, it's I just need things to be more plausible, and this was not plausible. The idea that Ian would have just so happened to be able to run over his own child like that in that split just that quickly right it turns out that it was deliberate it just I didn't buy it it was too much of a of an accident it was too quick how did he know the child was about to run out into the street how well, how did he just so happen to be there it was yeah, just it, no. you would think that yeah if it, he, he would have planned it a little bit better so it could still look like an accident but be more likely to happen exactly and he was such a bad guy. Yeah, he he was. But after some of the uh, real life things I've heard about directly or indirectly lately, that there's some pretty horrifying, uh, abusive people out there. Yeah, I don't doubt that. But I just yeah. think, you know, like in terms of the storytelling, it's right. like he didn't even need a mustache to twirl. You know, because right. he had no redeeming qualities. It well, was just... he, sure did, he sure didn't, you know. So. <laughs> it was just like, wow, this guy. And, and it made Jenna look like an idiot. It's like, what were you still doing? And why are you confessing to being the one who hit the kid? Right. Well, I mean, the only thing is maybe she thought he would kill her next because she didn't know. She just thought it was a, quote, accident that he was driving too fast and all. But then, you know, to find out later this was his out-of-wedlock child, that was even more horrifying. Yeah, but it just didn't make sense. Her confessing to having done it when, you know, when they arrest her instead of giving him up, I did not buy that. Why she would have been so determined to take the responsibility on herself. And then as soon as they confront her with, you know, finding out about her marriage and how abusive her husband was, she she cops. It's like, really? (laughs) Well, it wouldn't it wouldn't have been a story if she told from, you know, a story she told from the beginning. That was sort of the pivotal uh, plot device there, even though it it seemed kind of flimsy. uh, It was just it's like cheating again. It's like seeing the ventriloquist lips moving. It ruins the act. I mean, in, in real life, you'd think if something like terrible like that had happened, you would have thought, yay, I'm going to get him arrested, and now he'll never be able to. Exactly. He can't hurt so, me. And he did this. Yeah. He did it. He actually ran over a, a little boy. I know. And, and like I said, it's, and even his own son, which is even more horrifying. Exactly. <laughs> truly, truly a monster. Yes. A monster, not only to abuse her, but to, uh, you know, get rid of this child because it was inconvenient for him. Of course, he's one of these ones that always wanted to blame somebody else. You know, he mm-hmm. didn't want to take the blame for, for anything. I mean, he was the one that helped create this child. No one told him he had to, you know, have a fling with this uh, poor young woman from another country. Right. You know, I, I can see, like, in Jenna's case, that un- some, unfortunately a lot of people marry uh, men that, they don't realize because they're so charming and, and deceitful that they can hide things until it's too late and get you in a, uh, 
a place where you really almost can't leave because the he he was able to track her down. He was pretty smart to track her down for mm-hmm. everything else. But, and that's the thing a lot of times, uh, especially nowadays with so much instant communication, unless you're like in a witness protection program, it's like the old saying, you can run, but you can't hide. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was nice at least that she had these people in the village. Of course, they kind of turned on her, but you could see how they would when they think she's a murderess. You know, you're not going to be very loving. But it seemed like to start with these people here, she just comes walking out of nowhere and they, they you know, befriended her and, and helped her, you know, in this mm-hmm. small little uh, place that's out in the middle of nowhere, literally. Yeah, she goes and starts to make this life in Wales, and I was a little, I found that part a little snoozy. The other part I found snoozy was with the police officer, the attraction between he and the other, the woman, the other cop or whatever, and that whole part was just boring to me. I mean, I think the author maybe was adding is extra, but a lot of that, like a lot of things that could have been edited because a lot of it, yeah, you want to see the other side of the story, but a lot of it didn't add that much to to overall um, engagement. Yeah. Engagement storyline. Yes. It's good to see the background, how these policemen are affected by such a tragic thing. But at the same time, a lot of it, it was like, well, I just didn't think this was necessary to add into the story, especially the um, the son. I just didn't get that part that the you know son who had, had turned bad and, and done all these things, you right. know that much. Why? I mean, that was okay, but I just didn't see that it advanced the plot or the uh, whole storyline. Yeah, and I didn't find any of the characters sympathetic. The dog was sweet. <laughs> you know, the dog can tell a, a good person from a bad person. Well, that's true. <laughs> and, and Patrick was kind of nice, you know. He was a a vet and caring and everything. Yeah, it was too boring. <laughs> you know? know, the meat and potatoes for me, the plot had no credibility. I feel like you have to check your brain at the door. Well, I mean, that seems to to be the thing nowadays that that you um, unfortunately almost have to dumb down or use certain devices to appeal, like you say, for it more to be a commercial book, a book that'll appeal to the, the average, yeah. the average person, the average reader. So, you know, it, it's a shame because there's probably a lot of good books out there that don't get noticed because they don't use all these other. Because little... they're too smart. Well, <laughs> they make too much sense. You see? They make too much sense. Or they're different from the usual type uh, mystery or romance or something like that. Not yeah. that those can't be good, but I'm just saying, you know, I read a fair number of mysteries, but there's mysteries and there's mysteries, you know. Exactly. There's clever. There's clever, and then there's not clever. But it, you know, it was okay to read this, but it it just wasn't one of the better mysteries and i've read a lot of mysteries over the year both the more graphic ones and then the cozy ones and plot by coincidence which i think i let you go is all about coincidence ian just so happens to be the father of this child he just so happens to you know be driving down the same street when the kid just so happens to be running across the street from his mother jenna just so happens to have lost a son as well so it's so convenient for her to you know trick the reader into thinking that it yeah too much coincidence and then yeah she was the the boy's mother and then too much convenient narration where you know chapters and chapters and chapters she's not thinking about the one thing that would be most dominant in her mind right so i just can't sorry (laughs) 
I gave it a C because you know it author yeah but um it, it yeah it's average for me but yeah I need a little more maybe when I was a teen I would have liked this well, yeah, you get to a certain point, and as you say, you want to either be stimulated or you want to be engaged. You know, it's kind of a gotcha, but not in a good way. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, I, I like a good gotcha at the end. You think, whoa, I didn't see that coming. Right. But at the same time, I don't like, as you said, a gimmicky gotcha when you get to the end and it makes you feel like you were stupid or you were something. manipulated, yeah. Yeah, manipulated. You should have seen it coming, but you didn't. Yeah. And I felt this one was like that because it could, I feel like it could have been good because I wasn't upset when I found out she wasn't the mother. I, th- I thought it was clever. Right. But then it was too convenient that she also had, it. you know, in order for it to work, she her right. thoughts had to convince you of it. Right. So it was like, that's where it lost me. It was like too much coincidence that right. to make this thing believable. And so right. I didn't believe it. It's like, no. I don't believe she would have just so happened to have had a, a lost a baby too. And she would just so happen to not be thinking a thing about, you know, <laughs> being in the car with Ian when he did that. Right. right. For so many chapters. So that, that, yeah, that's where it, unfortunately. But anyway... So any final thoughts? Were there any scenes that stuck out for you? When Ian found her, you feel like, uh-oh, she's a goner. I know. <laughs> because that is pretty terrifying because you think that there are so many cases where people try to leave the abuser only to either be you know, severely hurt or even killed later. Because like Ian saying that, that the title was twofold about the the mother letting go of the child, you know, I let you go, I let mm-hmm. your hand go. And at the other time, the Ian saying, I, I let you go, because he wanted to be in total control of her. And, right. and, and at the end there, it was like, well, he, he, you know, if he couldn't have her, nobody else was going to have her, the old thing like that. So that was pretty terrifying, the description of him, you know, trying to kill her like that. Yeah. And, you know, again, he, I wish he would he had been a little bit more humanized. I mean, I think right. she tried because she showed when they met and, you know, their how they got together. And she did take you back through their the history of their relationship. Right. The show that, you know, she, she thought he was a nice guy when he really wasn't. Right. And yet he still just came across as this really flat mustache twirler right. to me. You know, like he still wasn't. He was a little bit too villainous. Just, yeah, like that's the only purpose he served to the plot. Right. As was the bad guy. So anyway, I think, you know, Cheryl, it was a DNF for her. She said she couldn't finish it. She gave it like 50 or so pages. Right. And that's the best you can do sometimes. Exactly. If you're not enjoying it, you got to move on. But I, I suspect, you know, we'll probably have more people who liked it than not. Well, and and it always makes for a good discussion if people have various opinions. All right. So thanks for listening. That's our discussion of I Let You Go by Claire McIntosh. And tune in, as always, next time. We will be discussing The Little French Guest House by Helen Pollard. And I'm really looking forward to that. I love books set in France. (laughs) All right. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.